Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Think Tank Sports. Think Tank Sports, where we think and you listen. We are here with another great, fabulous NFL Week 14. First time we're doing NFL Week 14 recap, by the way. Not that we've been doing that every week. Uh, but, of course, we are here for Podcast World. Uh, check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And, of course, listen to us on your favorite podcast delivery system and give us a five-star rating for this uh nfl week 14 recap uh which had mike some very very compelling uh games and a whole bunch that were complete blowouts yeah it was a feast or famine for sure this week dave uh four count them one two three four onside kicks recovered this week uh, a statistical Ooh. anomaly. Oh my uh, gosh, I like that one. Yeah, uh, very interesting that uh, that happened with the onside kick numbers way down since they changed the rules a couple years ago. Um, so we'll, we'll cover some of them. But Dave, let's go back to a game that started out as a blowout and ended up very compelling at the end. That's last Thursday. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings and the Pittsburgh Steelers went at it. Vikings win 36-28, uh, but the Steelers come back from a 29-0 deficit in the third quarter uh, to make this game very interesting at the end and um, just couldn't quite pull it out. Uh, first half, man, the Steelers looked as bad as they have all year. Roethlisberger, oh, oh go, my ahead. Gosh. go ahead. They David. weren't even on the field. Yeah. I, we were texting, like, is anybody there? Right. Dalvin Cook had that one touchdown run, and this on the screen, he was the only player right. on the screen. Right. The only player. Nobody else around him. A full I, I mean, third Pittsburgh, of the field like to you himself, said, yeah. <laughs> absolutely awful i know mike and i were just talking before we went on both of us went to bed uh this game was just separately separately absolutely right yes thank you yes uh <laughs> good clarification show. there yep yep want to make sure we uh we get that on the record <laughs> and uh of course ter- i just total blowout i mean dalvin yeah. cook had what like 160 170 yards uh um, in the first half alone yep uh but as you said, Mike, uh, this game got a little bit closer in the second half. And by a little bit, I mean a lot closer. Yeah, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, of course, Minnesota, there's no way to keep the intensity up when it's the middle of the third quarter and you're up 29 nothing. You know, and the Minnesota Vikings are known for blowing leads, especially this season. Uh, and making things interesting when they didn't have to be. And uh, Roethlisberger, you know, still has a little magic left in that old hat he found on the sidewalk there. And um, he took his corn cob pipe and drove him down the field uh, and got, uh, you know, a bunch of easy scores quickly. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, the sphincters tightened on the other side. Um, but uh, Minnesota held on. Uh, Delvin Cook with just uh, an incredible game. 27 uh, carries for 205 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, also uh, caught um, a ball out of the backfield for 17 yards. He had a separated shoulder. Uh, wasn't sure if they were going to get him back for this game. And, uh, you know, obviously Minnesota was very happy that they did. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, not great as usual, 14 for 31. 
Uh, as usual. As yeah. usual. 216 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, and Roethlisberger, you know, 28 for 40, 308, three touchdowns and an interception. Um, and then, of course, the big play everyone was talking about. Uh, as Pittsburgh was driving down to try to get uh, a game-tying score, no timeouts left. Chase Claypool catches a first down pass, and instead of running and putting the ball down so they could spike the ball, he has to do a little first down dance, uh, and it, the clock is literally ticking from 13 seconds and uh, ends up costing Pittsburgh time to get another playoff, you know, a reasonable playoff. Um, and he kind of... He apologized after the game, Dave, but it was one of those, here's all my excuses. Uh, the ball did get knocked out of his hand, but still, he had to turn and do his first down point in little shimmy, and that's yeah, what and he's down on he's down on his knee. It wasn't right. like he, like, popped right up. Right. Uh, everyone knows in the, you know, inside, you know, two minutes when there's no timeouts, you you run the ball to the ha- closest hash and let the uh, – ref set the ball while you go back to your position and he just uh you know there's a lot of complaints coming out of the locker room from claypool he's mad about tomlin won't let him play the music he wants to play and you know there's like kind of uh antonio brown type grumblings coming from him dave and uh it it cost him in this game and um so we see uh a situation where you know his antics you know hurt his team uh, and it, and hopefully it's a learning process for him and, and you know his teammates will you know get that corrected for him but uh, very yeah, bad very bad yeah yeah and he's still fairly young sure. I, I want to say it's his third year I think third year I believe. Uh, in the league uh, but yeah this is this is a bad play and if you haven't seen it uh, this is his there season, are sorry. what's that it's a second season. Okay, all right. That's, I was thinking yeah. second season, but okay, good. Um, they, I've seen this. I don't know if you've seen this, Mike. The two videos. So the one is Chase Claypool's play in this game, and the other one is a Larry Fitzgerald play, where it's uh, when he's on the Cardinals. They're driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, he catches the ball, like gets up immediately runs right down the line of scrimmage, hands the ball to the referee. The Cardinals all come up, and they get ready to snap it. And then they play the Chase Claypool. And you see it at the same time. Gotcha. Uh, one on top of the other. And it's just... Interesting. You're like, seriously with yeah. this? Uh, and that's the difference between a Hall of Fame receiver and a not Hall of Fame receiver. No, I agree. Um, but that's not why they lost the game, but it's just a symptom of, you know, where the Steelers are this year. So Steelers fall to six, six and one. Uh Vikings go to six and seven and remain <laughs> uh, you know, alive in the in the playoff hunt with everybody else in the NFC practically. Um, <laughs> yes. So, you know, big win for the Vikings, uh, and we move on from there. So uh, where do you want to go next on Sunday, buddy? You, you want to go right to the uh, Giants, or do you want to? Uh, no, let's uh, poke let's around. go down to Kansas City, Mike. Kansas City. Uh, uh, and Kansas City. the Chiefs, all of a sudden, uh, starting to play well, starting to put some games 
and some good plays together. Yes. And boy, oh boy, did they put it together in this game, Mike. Uh, this was a game that I, I honestly, I think we were both kind of looking forward to potentially uh, being a good game. Uh, the Raiders, certainly up and down, have shown, though, the potential to play well. Right. Uh, they did not in this game, and Mike, I, I'm sure you saw this, but if you didn't, uh, the Raiders before the game uh, decide that it's a really good idea to go out to the middle and go right out to the Chiefs logo uh, in the pregame and stomp around on it and do all this stuff. And I haven't read anything about this, but I have to believe that fired the Chiefs up because they came out uh, red hot, uh, torching the Raiders left and right, 35 to three at the half, uh, Raiders turning the ball over every time they have the ball. Yep. Uh, I mean, it was, it was bad. you know, as bad as Pittsburgh looked in the first half of the Minnesota game, you could argue Las Vegas looked worse. Mm -hmm. Uh, they could not move the ball, uh, turning it over, as I mentioned, five turnovers for the Raiders in this game. Uh, and just, it's just crazy. It ends up being 48 to nine. And it wasn't that close. Of Chiefs. Yeah. And it wasn't that close. Um, Interesting Dave. stat on this one, Mike. This is the first time that an NFL game has finished with this score. Really interesting. Forty-eight to nine. Very interesting stat. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Uh, adding to the fire for the Chiefs, you know, not only the you know logo stomping at the beginning of the game, but if you remember last year, this was the game that the Raiders beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, and the Raiders decided on their team bus to take a victory lap around the stadium. They did a full three sixty victory lap and that was you know uh, Ty uh, Tyron Matthew said after the game that was on our minds already and then when we saw their pregame antics um, you know that just added to what we had but uh, Dave this Chiefs offense with Clyde Edwards Alaire back um, has become a lot more dynamic and you know when he can run the balls effectively uh, as he did in this game it's an option you have to you know, you have to deal with, you know, you say, oh, he only had 10 attempts for 37 yards. Two of them were for touchdowns, Dave, and um, mm -hmm. very, very good runs. Uh, and when he's doing that, you you know, you cannot just key on the passing game. Uh, Mahomes has learned that he can't throw the ball down the field every third play. Uh, he's taking what the defense has given him, and they're driving down the field. And all of a sudden, uh, here in December, when teams are getting ready to make their playoff push, this Chiefs team is uh, a little bit scary, and they're getting a little bit healthy also uh, on defense. They got Chris Jones back, who is just a stud in the middle, um, and it looks like uh, the Honey Badger, Matthews, you know, back to um, his all-pro form. Um, so, you know, Great division win by the Chiefs. So we'll see. Yep. We'll see as we go forward here uh, what they have to offer. But uh, if I were an AFC team, uh, I would be a little bit nervous seeing how they're playing. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Six wins in a row for the Chiefs. I did hear today that Chris Jones, I, 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 he's hurt or he's going on the COVID list. COVID. One of the other. Yeah. So uh, his uh, potential playing for this 
this week against the Chargers, I believe, is and up it's a in the Thursday air. night game, so probably yeah, not. yeah. So we're just yeah. just two days away from uh, where we're recording. So we'll see. He certainly is very impactful. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing, Mike, with the running, like you say, Hilaire, um, not great numbers. Derek Gore did have good numbers, and overall. The Chiefs ran 30 times for 132 yards and three touchdowns. And that, I think, Mike, is the big impact uh, that Edwards Hilaire gives you. Um, And he's going to get better. I mean, he's, you know, still trying to work his way back from injury. Uh, But if they can run the ball like that, and we talked about it last year with the Chiefs, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they are able to run the ball like that, they are very, very difficult to stop. And I completely agree with you. The AFC uh, teams that are competing for playoff spots, uh, we thought this Chiefs team was dead. Uh, and they really certainly yep. uh, certainly looked that way a few weeks ago, Mike. But now they are, they are getting on a roll, and it's an experienced team that knows how to win. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, let's just touch real quick on uh, Sea Chickens versus Texans. 33-13 Sea Chickens uh, never was really that close. Uh, Texans announced um, that they're going to put Davis Mills in at quarterback the rest of the season, Tyrod Taylor uh, to the bench. But I wanted to make the point here that Russell Wilson looked good in this game, Dave. He was 17 for 28 for two touchdowns. He came back early, and those three games he played early – uh, yeah, he was still hurt, and he hurt. Oh, his there's team. no doubt, no doubt. I, and I guess my point is, maybe the doctors know what they were talking about when they said six to eight or four to six weeks, and in week six you finally start to look good. Congratulations, you came back early, but guess what? You know, you hurt your team, and now you know you're so far dead and buried uh, that this season is over. The win gets them to four and eight, so. Yes, and uh, as far as the Texans go, Mike, I did hear uh, Peter King uh, today talking that there is uh, some scuttlebutt there that David Culley may may be out after one season. Not surprising. Uh, we will see how that plays out. Uh, the Texans now at two and eleven. Uh, a bit of a disaster, definitely not competitive in, in a lot of these games. Uh, so we'll wait and see. He seemed um, like a placeholder from the beginning, and they need to make a decision on Deshaun Watson and just move on from everybody and everything uh, in that situation. So mm-hmm. not surprised to hear that news. And also, I'm very surprised to hear Peter King is still alive. So that's good for him. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, he's, uh, yeah, he's still alive and kicking uh very uh still doing very good reporting and uh yeah very very important thing okay yeah uh what's the next game you want to look at buddy oh i think we got to talk about my cleveland you you were going there i knew it (laughs) feel it uh this game was uh so the browns against the ravens uh, the Browns just stomped out quick in this game, uh, you know, 24 to six at halftime, mm-hmm. uh, Baker Mayfield doing, uh, his best, uh, Bernie Kosar impression. Let's go with oh, that. My. Uh, little gazelle there, but, uh, he looked, he looked pretty good. Um, 
considering he's had some pretty poor games. Ended up 22 of 32, uh, 190 yards, not a ton, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, but led the Browns uh, on these drives. Uh, the Ravens got dinged early and got dinged by, I mean, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, got hurt and was out. Uh, so you saw a lot of Tyler Huntley in this game. We will wait and see uh, how Lamar Jackson is doing. Uh, but he was out in this game. Uh, I don't think it really mattered. Cleveland seemed to really have Baltimore's number uh, early on in this game. The Ravens did rally uh, to get it close there in the end, uh, but they struggled heavily, Mike, on third down, uh, 8% on third down, 1% for 12 for the Ravens, and that is not going to win you any games in the next. Football league. That is not going to get done. Big play in this game. Miles Garrett gets the uh, sack, strip, fumble recovery, and uh, score. And uh, his first career touchdown. And he had some pretty pointed comments uh, after practice Friday towards his teammates. And, um, you know, really wanted to get this team focused and ready for a playoff run and you know not someone who often speaks in the locker room apparently um so uh it got people's attention and it worked uh that being said you know tyler huntley uh from utah didn't play terribly um, no and it's you know lamar jackson's obviously their best option i'm not gonna um you know, deviate from that, but uh, he's not a terrible option at quarterback and seems like he could throw the ball down the field. And, um, you know, he made some great plays. Uh, Andrews, the tight end dude, uh, that guy just continues to produce 11 targets, 11 catches, 115 uh, and a touchdown. Uh, Rashard Bateman's really starting to come around. Uh, healthy rookie, finally, you know, getting some runs. Seven catches, 103 yards. Um, so uh, the Ravens do have some weapons all of a sudden, you know. Uh, and they did recover an onside kick. There were one of them uh, that uh, got Cleveland a little bit nervous. But Miles Garrett took care of business, and uh, the Browns go to seven and six. And that, uh, and Baltimore falls to eight and five, and that division, dude, is going to be just a shootout to the very end. Oh, uh, absolutely! It's literally the Ravens, anybody's. Oh yeah, the Ravens are eight and five, and even the hapless, at times hopeless, Pittsburgh Steelers are six six and one. They're still in the hunt. Yep. You have all four of these teams, uh, Mike, within really within two games but not even two games of each other and that is crazy uh you could argue mediocre um but that's how it's going to be these and these teams are going to play each other's down the stretch uh it's going to be exciting uh football and to see who's going to win that afc north yeah absolutely uh, the AFC South, however, uh, is probably over. The Titans at 9-4 and four take care of the Jaguars. And I only bring this game up because there's all kinds of turmoil again. Um, oh, off my the field goodness. With yes, Urban Meyer is. and leaks in the locker room. And any, he said anyone that's caught, you know, leaking information will be unemployed immediately. And, you yeah, know, obviously... 
himself. Right. You know, I asked uh, beginning of the year, 16 and a half games over under for him coaching. Uh, it's got to be he's going to make it to the last game of the year. And then uh, the first name we're going to see Sunday night, Monday morning after the season's over is Urban Meyer gone. I mean, Shad Khan has to end this this chaos, right, the owner? Yeah, I, you would think so. I mean, a 20 to nothing uh, you know, whitewashing at the hands of the Titans certainly doesn't help. We've talked all year. There's been a lot of outside noise with various things. Of course, you know, Urban Meyer going to his his place there in Florida and all of that stuff going on, and we talked about that. Yeah, It just doesn't seem like a good fit. The only thing that I, is interesting to me, and this was also something that I heard Peter King say today, is remember that a very highly touted, highly successful college coach, Jimmy Johnson, yep. went to the Dallas Cowboys in 1989 and had just an awful season, 1-15, uh, and it really was terrible. I mean, Aikman got, what, sacked 11 times in the game against the Eagles, um, and 1-15, and, and Aikman was the number one pick. I'm not saying you compare... Trevor Lawrence to Troy Aikman, but Peter King's point was well taken about the how bad the teams were in that first year. Uh, but Jimmy Johnson didn't have all of this outside right. noise stuff that was going on uh, like Urban Meyer does uh, as far as that goes. So I don't think I mean, I see the comparison, but I don't think it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, yeah, I can't see Urban Meyer lasting beyond this year, Mike. I can't believe we're talking about this team this long. But secretly <clears throat> what's happening, Dave, is with all this nonsense with Meyer, is Trevor Lawrence a bust all of a sudden? He's got four interceptions in this game. He's got nine touchdowns and 14 interceptions on the season. Uh, he's not progressing uh, like we've seen other – I mean – Right now, would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones? You know, I mean, really, would you have Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? Those two are clearly better than him right now, in my opinion. Um, you know, and we don't know what Trey Lance is uh, yet. So, you know, it's like it's almost good for Trevor Lawrence that Urban Meyer's doing this stuff. You know, it's so much chaos. Uh, it's shielding him from, you know, big criticism. But Lawrence has got to step yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah, there's, there has been very little focus on Trevor Lawrence. And that's, Mike, uh, an excellent point by you. Thank and you. Trevor Lawrence really, really has just been overshadowed completely by Urban Meyer. I would argue that's part of the problem in Jacksonville. Um, but you are spot on with that, as always. Uh, where do you want to go next, Mike? Well, let's go to the Cowgirls and the Washington football team. Uh, another game that ended up being closer than it, uh, on the scoreboard than it was on the field for most of the game. 27-20, Cowgirls. Oh, wait, wait. Hold on a second, Mike. Yeah. I think Washington just turned the ball over again. Oh, my goodness. It was bad, right? <laughs> absolutely oh, terrible. crazy terrible um, and uh but uh dallas dave is not exactly blowing the doors off of people i mean they're in a division no, that's no, conducive to them playing listen to these stats for the cowgirls uh first seven games they scored 30 they averaged 32 points a game last six only 25 
Uh, yards per game, first seven, 454. Last six, 355. Rushing yards per game, Ooh. first seven, 152. The last six, only 101. So clearly there's some production issues with, you know, the offense. Um, but Micah Parsons, Dave, um, who I begged the Giants to draft, um, is not only is he clearly the defensive rookie of the year, he might be uh, yeah. the defensive player of the year overall. And if he got a vote or two for MVP, uh, mm. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's not going to win MVP, but um, no, just amazing. Um, he can play almost any position on the defense. So fast, so strong. Uh, really, uh, him and Diggs. Uh, the you know the cornerback with all the interceptions for Dallas, um, they've got a good young nucleus on defense, which uh, we didn't think would we'd be saying coming into the season. Oh, no, sure. definitely not. Like twelve and a half sacks for Micah Parsons, three forced fumbles, uh, you know, fifty-seven tackles. Right. Uh, he is having a. Like you say, I mean, he's having an incredible year. And hello, New York Giants. Imagine uh, if they just put him on the end and had him rush the quarterback. How many sacks would he have? If he just played middle linebacker, how many tackles would he have? You know, it's just a lot of, um, you know, craziness going on uh, from above and below with Micah Parsons. Um, Taylor Heineke, unfortunately, gets hurt in this game, and that kind of – put Washington's comeback, uh, you know, out of reach. You know, they brought out... He didn't uh, play very good before that, though. No, but he always has some magic at the end of the game. Uh, yeah. Kyle Allen, you know, the old uh, holdout, that Ron Rivera, he must have pictures of Rivera doing something um, because <laughs> he's just he was on the Panthers team. With on him. the riverboat. Yeah, on the riverboat, right. Uh, <laughs> not getting it done, and uh, Dallas pretty much wraps up the NFC East with this win uh, and moves forward nine and yeah. four. I, Mike, I, I heard a lot of this and I, I agree with this. Very, very surprised with how bad Washington played in this game. Yes. Uh, certainly the turnovers hurt, but this is a team that was uh, really on the up and up and really starting to look like they were going to make a playoff push. They're not out of it by any stretch because no. of the mediocrity that is the, the middling teams in both the NFC and the AFC. But uh, this game was not really close, like you said. And uh, if I'm Ron Rivera, uh, I'm not very happy with the performance of my football team. Yeah, absolutely. And especially, you know, McCarthy for the Cowgirls came out and said, you know, I guarantee we're going to win this game. And you know, Rivera went back and forth in the media with him a little bit, and uh, and Washington just came out flat and uh, turning the ball over. But let's move on, Dave. Uh, an overtime game, the Niners and the Bengals. Oh my Crazy goodness! Crazy game, twenty-six twenty-three. Niners win in overtime to go to six and six. Bengals dropped to seven and six, but like we said, still in the middle of the hunt for their division. Um, back and forth garoppolo uh actually played pretty well uh, oh yes for the he did. niners and george kittle uh back to back wow. crazy games 13 catches what? yeah 151 yards and a touchdown he had 
180 yards last week and two touchdowns. What a crazy um, stat pack for two games like that. Yeah, well, and you and you think about how he was hurt so much last year. Yep. Uh, and just look at now. You know, he's been hurt this year too. But now that he's healthy, mm-hmm. uh, this is a scary, scary 49ers team. It is. Uh, that I don't think anybody's going to want to play. And they're right, you know, th- again, they're right in the thick of it. Uh, as far as the NFC playoff race, yeah, Garoppolo, great numbers, 27 of 41, 296 yards, two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions, and of course the drive at the end uh, to get the touchdown and the game winner uh, in overtime. Folks, uh, just, go. Just great. An 80-yard drive in overtime, Mike. That's You don't see that a lot. Right in these overtime games, at least the ones that we've seen this year, there's been a lot of three and out, four and out, you know, punt, field goal. Uh, th- you know, I know it was later in the overtime, but it was a great drive. Yeah, and go watch the video of Brandon Ayuk's touchdown. Uh, dude caught the ball uh, right on the sideline, tippy toe, went full Superman in the air, ball over the pylon as the defenders hitting him. Uh, amazing body control and athleticism. Uh, he's a very good young wide receiver. And when you put him with Debo Samuel and Kittle uh, and the fact that they're starting to run the ball, 23 rushes as a team, 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, Niners, if they could sneak in, might be a team nobody wants to play. Oh, I, I think that is exactly where they're at. Mike, this uh... – the touchdown that you're talking about was originally ruled that he was out of bounds. Right. Um, and they had to go to review in overtime and was reversed. So uh, definitely go take a look at that, folks. There's uh, some cool NFL audio of the refs telling Kittle that there's no way they're reversing that call. He was definitely out of bounds <laughs> until the moment they reversed the call because he was in. in. Oh, I, so I, that's, that is hilarious, Mike. Uh, I thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So here's a stat for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought this was interesting. Um, so the Bengals, the last time they won a playoff game was 1991. Okay. Okay. The Tennessee Titans were the Houston Oilers. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that most of our audience knows that and is not shocked <laughs> by that. Uh, there were no Carolina Panthers, no Houston Texans, no Jacksonville Jaguars. The New England Patriots had, ready, zero Super Bowls, zero Super Bowl wins. And the Arizona Cardinals were the Phoenix Cardinals. Wow. Wow. So that's, that's a lot nuts. of, yeah. I mean, it's, it's some time ago now, but that's a lot of changes. Yes. Uh as far as that goes. But yeah, if you think 1991 and certainly Mike and I can remember that, you know, the coming off the amazing bills, giants, super bowl, 25 and the new England Patriots had zero Zero. super bowls and were literally in 1991, the laughing stock of the NFL. Yeah. Uh, uh, And really bottoming out uh, with good friend, Rod rust, as the uh, coach there. Oh, um, my goodness. It's getting yeah, pretty bad stuff. But anyways, more about Cincinnati than anything else. 
Uh, the Bengals still, like you said, Mike, very much in the running. They got to uh, figure out how to win these close games, Dave. They just yes, they do. Uh, just not quite, you know, over that hump of a young team that certainly is very good and talented. But they got to win these close tight games um, to get over that next level, if you will, of success. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, they got plenty of time. Uh, how about Mr. Broken Toe himself? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, folks, oh. still good at football. Uh, Re-aggravated his uh, toe fracture against the Bears, uh, but still ended up putting the hammer on him 45-30. to 30, And uh, <laughs> just one of those games where you know, the Bears actually played pretty well early, uh, you know, and had this game, you know, a 17-14 in the second quarter. Uh, halftime was 27-21. Uh, Bears. Bears. Yeah, Bears were ahead. Right. Yep. And uh, second half is when Green Bay came out and just uh, took control of the game. Um, but the Bears played pr- pretty well, and their future is bright at quarterback with Justin Fields. I love David Montgomery. Uh, they need some uh, weapons on the outside uh, for Fields. Um, but Aaron Rodgers... Dave, is he going to win the MVP after all this nonsense with his toe? Well, it's funny. You know, COVID issue. We talked about this, Mike, if you remember, a couple weeks back. And, you know, I think you asked me about it. And I said, you know what? If he performs well down the stretch, that the COVID stuff's going to get forgotten. And boy, I'd like to be able to play this well on a broken toe. 29 of 37, Mike. 341 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, mm. broken toe, in all, the whole bit. Um, and some of these throws, Dave, are in the tightest of windows. Anticipation uh, over the linebacker in front of the safety, like pinpoint accuracy. Uh, it, it's just crazy that he still has that arm talent. Uh, at his age and it's just uh it's an arm arrogance i like to call it but he oh yes you've said that before yeah he's the only one that can get away with it right now in the nfl i think mahomes is close um i don't think he's nearly as accurate um no he is not but he has the strength i think um Mm -hmm. your boy josh allen has the strength but still isn't as accurate um could get there but uh aaron Rodgers is going to go down uh, like him or not, respect him or not, with all this uh, vaccine thing that he went through, um, he's unbelievable. I don't know what to say. Oh, oh, yeah. There's, there's no, yeah. there's no two ways around it. Yeah. Um, he's having again another great year. Uh, definitely in contention uh, for MVP as the Packers are now tied. Uh, for the top spot in the NFC mm-hmm. and the Bears Mike at four and nine uh, what do you think uh, Nagy is he gonna Gone. be out at the end of the year gotta be he's got to be right yeah I mean he absolutely has to be um, you can't hold back your young talented quarterback with this coaching staff anymore he's had more than enough chances to prove himself he clearly, um, is probably one of those guys that's a very good coordinator, but not a good head yeah. coach, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yep, so I agree. he's got to go. Yeah, for sure. He'll yep. be on yep, uh, for sure. Black Monday or whatever they call it. 
when when the coaches get fired. So, uh, you want to talk Monday Night Football, buddy? Oh, I think we have to. Um, and then we'll and... get to our teams. Yeah, look, we were uh, really looking forward to this matchup. Uh, you know, two teams atop, you know, close to the top of the NFC, also in the same division. Uh, Mike, I, I, you really, I, it's hard to say this, say but it. I'm going to say it. Uh, I think people need to think a little bit differently about Matthew Stafford after he played in this game. Now we need to see some playoff success. There's sure. no doubt about that. But Mike, this is as big a game uh, regular season wise that he's played in, in some time. Uh, and he was tremendous, tremendous in this game against an Arizona Cardinals defense, Mike, that really has been very, very good this year. Um, and the Cardinals look at 10 and two were, were, cruising and clearly uh at the top of the entire nfl and boy stafford looked great last night mike coming into this game dave he was six and 61 against teams with a winning record six and 61 now that's all with detroit i get it um but that's a lot of games against the packers that's right (laughs) um that throw for Cooper Cup's touchdown uh in the front of the end zone was as accurate a ball as you can throw the defensive player for the Cardinals played it perfectly and we saw after the play he was having a little temper tantrum on the sideline he couldn't believe that that ball was caught by Cooper Cup but the throw by Stafford um, Mm -hmm. was great another great moment in this game he threw the deep bomb to Van Jefferson uh, down the middle and they cut to the sideline you see a Cardinals defensive coach freaking out you know mad it's Van Jefferson's father is a defensive oh coach for the Cardinals. I missed I missed that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh and he was mad because he's a defensive line coach and they didn't get there on the rush. Um so his oh, well and that play I mean, deep. Oh a, a tremendous uh play action fake. Right. Uh you know, just Stafford literally like Complete 360 rolls out. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to the right side. And Van Jefferson just running free. Uh, and Stafford is able to just put it right on the money. Uh, what do you th- just? What do you think, Dave? The two interceptions that Kyler Murray threw were direct result of his lack of height. And do you think going forward that's going to continue to be an issue? Is it something that we just saw this on a nationally televised game and all of a sudden, you know, it's being talked about? Or is it something that he's going to have to learn different arm angles and slots to throw the ball? Yeah, no, you know, it's a good point, Mike. I remember uh, when he came out of college, that was a big topic. Um, I There was a throw last night uh, where there was a receiver open. They were They were down. I don't know, maybe on the 15-yard line or something, 20-yard line, and he, you know, he went to just throw it out in the flat, and you know, defender just just deflected it like right away, and it didn't, it didn't. I think it didn't it hit off his shoulder pad. I it think. was Aaron Donald hit off his shoulder oh, pad, yeah, and then yeah, Florida yeah. Little picked it off, and yeah. Yeah, so you know, I mean, certainly Aaron Donald is a big guy, 
uh, and you have to make, you know, accommodations for that and, and not do that. But I think that's a reflection too, of, of Kyler Murray and his size. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think he, he's very talented and he's just going to need to figure out how to do things. Now, does he need to be Patrick Mahomes with, you know, 50 different arm angles? No, not necessarily, but mm-hmm. he's got to be able to make the plays and some of that's going to be making some, some adjustments to how he throws the ball now and again. So the end of this game, Dave, really was a debacle for the Cardinals. So they get... This is another one where they recover the onside kick. It hits off a Rams. uh, Two Rams um, defenders run into each other, knock each other off the ball. Cardinals recover. uh, So they have the ball down 30 to 23 um, with 37 seconds left. Uh, First and 10, they get uh, a penalty uh, for holding. They go Yeah, after a a 15-yard Kyler Murray run. Yep, yep. Next play, penalty for a false start, back five yards. Uh, they get a nine-yard uh, short pass up the middle. And then, so the last play of the game, uh, the Cardinals lineman said after the game, they thought Murray was going to spike the ball. But Murray took the snap and started to scramble. So none of the linemen really blocked. And then uh, Murray avoided a sack, and then he ran right into Aaron Donald, who sacked him to end the game. Donald ends up with three sacks on the game, starts the game with a sack, ends the game with a sack. But the Cardinals got to tighten that up. They got the onside kick, and then they went backwards 24 yards, uh, you know, and didn't even get a playoff towards the end zone, um, you know, to have a shot to win the game. Um, so Cliff Kingsbury needs to go back to his bachelor pad and turn off the fake fireplace and drop the curtains and get into the playbook about what's going on um, at, with the end of game situations. A coach like Belichick or other good coaches practice that over and over again. Clearly, um, they were completely out of sorts. And that's the difference between winning a championship and not. I'm not saying that, you know, we saw him do the Hail Mary with uh, DeAndre Hopkins last year against your Bills. Um, but they didn't even give a shot at it because he, he got sacked um, because the line never blocked. It was crazy. Yep, yep. I'm uh, As you're talking, Mike, I'm watching the replay and absolutely right. I mean, the linemen are barely down in their stance as it is. Right. Um, and that is folks uh go go watch that just for funsies uh that is as bad a last play uh as you're going to see uh as far as end of the game stuff wow uh very difficult still kyler murray very good 32 of 49 383 yards uh and seven carries for 61 yards we know he's talented uh we know the cardinals are talented uh, but the story in this game is, is the Rams, yeah. how good Stafford played. Uh, this is this is the Rams team that I think everybody thought if if everything could come together, this is what they would look like, Mike. Right. And they are if they again if they can play this way, my goodness, they are something else. Uh, your boy. Uh, OBJ was in the mix, six, sure. six catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he had a 40-yard reception, which was just a crossing pattern. And then 
He doesn't have, you know, as good a speed as he did when he was with the Giants, but he had a Still, nice yep. run away from the defender there. Uh, and now he's caught touchdowns in three straight games. <laughs> he's making a difference, Mike. And I, I think a lot of people had real question marks around that. That seems to, and certainly with the injury to Robert Woods, uh, OBJ is, is making a difference for the Rams. He is absolutely. And, uh, a lot of the Rams were giving McVay uh, a lot of kudos at the end of the game because uh, they lost Higby, their tight end, and Jalen Ramsey, their best defender besides Donald, uh, to COVID protocols that morning. And uh, there was no panic. There was no, you know, um, problems that, you know, next man up mentality uh, and his calmness and confidence in, you know, the men on the roster that, you know, they got it done. So Rams all of a sudden back in the uh, we're contenders and we're going to be around a while um, conversation for sure. Dave, I'll hit the New York Giants real quick, and then we'll clear out for you and your Buffalo Bills. <laughs> oh, uh, you got to hit them quick like the Chargers did? Oh, my gosh. It just blew them right up from the beginning. Uh, start of the fourth oh quarter was 37-7. Giants scored two garbage touchdowns to make it 37-21. Uh, Mike Glennon looked, I guess, slightly better than he did the um, – week before but still 17 for 36 for 191 yards two garbage touchdowns and an interception uh he got sacked twice uh for some reason we decided to do a horrible fake punt terrible execution (laughs) guy wasn't open riley dixon fired the ball like 120 miles an hour to like the coach on the sideline i don't even know what the point of that was uh, I, I, Mike, I, I will say this. Uh, when Riley Dixon played at Syracuse, uh, they had a number of fake punts. Sure. And he was able to make a bunch of good throws. I didn't see the replay on this. Uh, you said it was bad. I believe it was bad. Uh, within five or ten minutes of this play, the Bills also tried a fake punt, which was uh, terrible in its own right. Uh, so we were both hurting pretty bad at yes. this point with the fake punts. Yes. Uh, Dave, here's what you need to know about the Giants' offense. Kenny Galladay, eight targets, two catches, two for 15 yards. There, it's, That's their superstar wide receiver free agent signing. Um, Kyle Rudolph had the most receiving yards, uh, 66 yards. He had you know a long 60-yard catch early in the game. Saquon caught the ball out of the backfield a little bit. Uh, Sterling Shepard finally played, but that didn't matter. Uh, Evan Ingram <laughs> was out there. Uh, I just that feel bad matter. for the defense, Dave, because they were just yeah. so overwhelmed on the field all the time. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, that's been the story for the Giants, particularly the last two yeah. years. Uh, the defense is good enough to keep them in games, but not when they're out there, you know, 35, 40 minutes a game. Yeah, it's bad. So, you know, there's a lot of talk in New York about, you know, is Gettleman and Judge and Daniel Jones, the big three, what are we going to do in the offseason with them? Uh, I believe Daniel Jones will be back. Uh, I know there's a lot of scuttlebutt about Russ Wilson coming in. Giants have two first-round picks, uh, which are going to end up being very good picks uh, that could be attractive to Seattle. Um I don't think this team is nearly ready for somebody like Russell Wilson. Um, they need to continue to grow. Uh, 
together with Daniel Jones. I'd like to see Joe Judge get another year uh, with some healthy oh, players. I th- and I think I think he will, Mike. Uh, you know, they've had so many injuries in these two years. It certainly is New York, volatile media uh, yeah. environment, as we all know, those of us that live on the East Coast. But, uh, you know, the team is not terrible. I, I don't. You haven't seen them quit nope. uh, at all for him. And... You know, I think he has a future with the Giants, uh, but they've got to they've got to make some changes. Uh, I think Gettleman has got to be out, um, and yeah. let's bring somebody else in who can do good things with the draft picks that are coming in. It seems to me that Russell Wilson's going to stay based on some of the commentary, but that has also changed multiple times this year. Right. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, I, I, the Giants definitely a, a little bit of a mess at four and nine. Uh, oh, you said a volatile media. The back page Monday morning of the New York Post said uh, Loserville, and it had the picture of the Giants and the Jets uh, side by side. So. Uh, yeah, definitely not going well in New York. And we didn't touch on the Jets uh, getting stomped by the Saints 30-9 to and Zach Wilson uh, not progressing at all. But uh, So I don't know what else to say about this Giants team. Now it's going to be like, let's play spoiler and, you know, beat the Cowgirls this week and, um, you know, see what we can do at the end of the year. Kadarius Tony goes finally getting healthy, and then he gets hit with the COVID protocol. Uh, so we'll see if he can get back for Sunday. Uh, Daniel Jones getting further testing done on the neck. Um, if he doesn't come back for the rest of the year, throw Jake Fromm out there and see what happens. What the heck? Oh, I, I totally agree. I, there's yeah. no reason to play Mike Glennon. Uh, I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah, throw him out there. What the hell? Yeah. So uh, speaking of what the hell, what's up with your Buffalo Bills, buddy? You know, I've had a couple of days to process this. Uh, Folks, the Bills went down to Tampa Bay, uh, playing the defending Super Bowl champions, smarting from this horrendous performance, uh, for the most part, all the way around uh, against the New England Patriots at home, the game that I was at. Uh, And they come out and really just don't look very good in the first half. Mike, they're they're sitting at down twenty four to three. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the ball at the end of the first half, and uh, you know knew they were getting the ball to start the second half. Thought maybe they could, you know, do some things. That didn't work out very well, and um, it didn't look great, Mike. There, there's no two ways around it. And but then all of a sudden, uh, they started to move the ball and. Uh, the defense starting to started to tighten up, and it became a game, Mike. The defense got stops. Uh, the offense, when they had the ball, they were able to drive it down the field. Uh, a, more Josh Allen runs than any Buffalo Bills fan wanted to see, uh, but it was very successful. Uh, the running game in the second half was very good. Uh, Devin Singletary had a bunch of good runs. Uh, you know, he had four carries for 52 yards. I mean, that's, that's pretty decent. Um, and all of that was in the second half. Uh, they were able to run enough in the second half to really keep 
uh, Tampa off balance and take advantage of Tampa's uh, depleted secondary. Uh, Josh Allen was just an absolute beast, Mike. Uh, I don't like that he threw the ball 54 times, uh, but the throwing is is what was working for the most part. 308 yards, two touchdowns and interception. Um, and also, as I mentioned, the running 12 carries, 109 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he was just doing it all. And, Mike, he is one of only four quarterbacks in the history of the NFL to have a 300-yard passing game and a 100-yard rushing game. Wow, that's crazy. So let's park there for a second. Is it worth it to you seeing him in a walking boot at the press conference after the game with, uh, I think it's a twisted ankle, um, for this performance to lose in overtime to the defending champs, uh, to have him rush so many times and be involved in – you know, so intricately in every play, um, showing tremendous heart and competitive spirit and all the things we love about Josh Allen. But is it worth it to you in the long run uh, to see him in a walking boot afterwards? Yeah, I mean, I think, and there's some other pieces that I'll get to here. Uh, To to me, it is uh, what we're hearing uh, coming out is it's day-to-day, uh, it doesn't seem to be too terrible. Josh Allen is saying, look, I'm going to play. At, you know, this is going to go on. Uh, I, I think he is, uh, you know, what happens and the Bills are successful with him playing. So I don't have huge issues with that. Uh, again, no Bills fan wants to see that many rushing attempts uh, out of Josh Allen. Uh, And a lot of these were designed running plays. There were some scrambles, but a lot were designed running plays. Uh, That is a throwback to three and, you know, years ago and when Josh Allen was a rookie and they didn't have any other options. Right. Uh, They certainly do, although they haven't really taken advantage of them. I would again, as I've said this many times on this podcast, argue that the challenges with the offensive line have made it difficult. Spencer Brown was awful in this game. Uh, guys just running around him at right tackle and and putting pressure on Josh Allen, certainly in the first half. Yep. Uh, the second half, that's as, as good as the Bills have played in some time. All the way around, uh, great punting, putting Tampa in difficult positions, uh, the defense coming up with stops. Now, I, I'll saying that, Tom Brady made some really good throws, and his receivers dropped some passes, Mike, in the second half sure where Tom Brady hit him right in the hands, uh, not nobody deflecting the ball or holding their arms or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, his receivers let him down, and I'm sure Tom Brady uh, wasn't very happy with some of those uh, plays. But, Mike, I got to tell you, there were some plays that I wasn't very happy about. Um, and... One of them was, you know, so here's Josh Allen. Uh, it's 27-24 New England. They're driving down here uh, to tie the game uh, at the end of regulation, and they're just, you know, having this tremendous drive. Things are going well. They're moving the ball um, almost too quickly early on. 
um, and everybody, you know, I was kind of thinking, geez, you know, let's let's take some take some time off the clock. They put together a 14 play, 70 yard drive uh, right at the end of the game after getting Tampa to do five plays and out uh, with a punt. And they get down Mike to right down to the goal line here. And uh, it's third and two at the Tampa Bay seven yard line. Uh, Josh Allen drops back quick and throws a pass out to Stefan Diggs in the end zone. And the defender is all over him. Uh, go and watch this folks. You can see it as plain as day. So such and it's not even a, well, this is a, you know, recently how they're calling pass interference. This is pass interference, folks. Uh, you watch it a couple times. I watched it a couple times again today. Stefan Diggs can't even get his hands up to catch the ball because the defender has him so wrapped up. You can see the official right there watching it. No penalty. Nothing. 28 seconds to go on third and two. Uh, the Bills didn't have any timeouts left, but that would have given the Bills a first down uh, on the one-yard line, uh, 20 or so seconds left. Opportunity to run multiple plays down there because of how close they were. No flag whatsoever. Uh, and, you know, you could call me bitter because my team lost and you always point at the officiating when that doesn't happen. But Mike, this is terrible. I've seen multiple media outlets, uh, lots of people posting this video and saying how ridiculous this is and how shameful it is uh, that this I mean, this, this cha could have changed the entire game as it is. The Bills kicked the field goal, which I thought was the right decision. Yep. Uh, I don't think you go for it there. You're on the road. Kick the field goal. Go to overtime, which is what they did. Uh, but, Mike, th this call was egregious, is not even scratching the surface of how bad it was. I understand what you're saying, and I don't think you. <laughs> I don't think Here you're wrong. You got a little bit of the help me, help me, my broken little wing syndrome going on here, the wounded duck syndrome, where yeah, you're hurt, you're stinging from the week before, where the Patriots ran the ball down your throat, and here is another situation where the world and the brakes are against you. Um, certainly easily could have been called pass interference um i think in some countries the defensive back would be in jail for 60 to 90 days um, <laughs> for attempted mugging so oh, yeah i'm overreacting yeah but no i'm not saying you're overreacting i'm saying <laughs> this wasn't the only play in the game um oh certainly not no look there were look yeah. you can't be down 24 to 3 um and you know have to stage what is you know just a dramatic comeback to get there the bills had plenty of chances in the first half to to make different plays mm. and and change the outcome uh which is what makes this play all the more difficult and frustrating because they you know you can make some arguments they've made a couple of plays they're never in that spot uh and that's fair mike that is absolutely fair and I, I don't i don't have the blinders on so much that I can't see that. That's fair. I'm glad you're open-minded enough uh, for that. Um, the play that I thought saved the game for the Bucks earlier in that drive, uh, minute four left, 
Josh Allen hits Dawson Knox with a little dump pass over the middle, and he's all alone and heading towards the end zone. And Levante David comes out of nowhere and kind of knocks uh, into uh, Dawson Knox's ankle and tackles him uh, for a 24-yard gain. But that, if Knox can keep his feet, he's going to score there. Uh, so Levante David, if you uh, another video you guys should go watch his effort in saving that touchdown uh, in that situation was an incredible effort by a defensive player. Um, Dave, talk to me about the last play of the game and the idea that you had a linebacker covering Bashard Perriman um, on a crossing route. And he just doesn't have the speed. Number 49, I can't remember his name. Uh, on uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds. You can see on the play, he sees Perryman on the cross. He turns his back and starts sprinting because he knows he's in trouble. Um, and, you know, Brady just throws it over uh, Edmonds' head, hits Perryman, and he's a wide receiver versus a linebacker. No one else on that quarter of the field, and, you know, the game's yeah. over. What uh, has anyone talked about that uh, in the Buffalo media or, or things you've seen? Uh, well, I know that Edmonds certainly he, he was asked about it. Uh, clearly, there was uh, some mistakes on coverage there, mm-hmm. and I believe I mean he was very very open and honest about that. But he also said similar to what you had said, Mike. Like there were other plays in the game that oh, they sure. also missed. Um, and certainly this one, uh, it, it, you know, makes it sting all the more. Uh, Mike, I'm a little more interested in a play that happened a few plays before that. And by the face that you're making, I think you know where I'm going. There's a theme here with pass interference, folks. Is that- and there is on this drive a uh, pass Tom Brady makes to Mike Evans, uh, they call pass interference on Levi Wallace, uh, and when they, uh, so it's a 19-yard uh, penalty on first and 10, um, at really, you know, getting Tampa moving a little bit here, and you show, they show the replay, and Mike Evans just goes up and pulls Levi Wallace. Uh, it is so, again, right out there so open and obvious that this is offensive pass interference uh and they call the the penalty on levi wallace uh just ridiculous as far as i'm concerned again it ends up being a 19 yard penalty again there's other plays they could have made there mm-hmm. but you call offensive pass interference there and that that that's a big that's a game changing play uh and so those those two pieces for me highlight things right. uh as far as that goes um honestly though dave i think you have to come out of this game feeling better about the bills especially the second half of the way they played uh a new attitude josh allen said let's go get this game i don't care i'm hurt it doesn't matter we're gonna run the ball i'm gonna do whatever it takes to win this game and he did and so, you know, going forward, it's like, okay, we got knocked on our butts last week. We got knocked on our butts in the first half. That uh, throw to Evans in the first half where Brady just lofted the balls and it ended up perfectly on the sideline uh, before Evans was even out of his break. 
Uh, that's a heartbreaker to, to most defenses. But uh, Buffalo came out of this game like, okay, we can do this. Uh, we fought back against the world champs, and we had them. And be, maybe because a couple of bad calls or, you know, a mix, mis, miscommunication on defense at the end, those things can be fixed. We're going to go forward and, you know, be a factor in these playoffs. So as much as it sucks to lose two in a row like that, I think uh, you guys can come out of this game saying, all right, we've turned a corner a little bit, and now we just have to keep it up. What do you think about oh, that? I, oh, I completely agree. Uh, you know, you saw in the second half the Bills team that everybody thought we would see all year. Right. Uh, offensively been able to move the ball, defensively able to stop any team uh, in the league. So uh, definitely, you know, it would have been nice to be 8-5, and five, uh, but they still have their sights in front of them. A very, very favorable schedule, Mike, home games, versus the Panthers, Falcons, and Jets, uh, all winnable games. Yeah, get right uh, games, all of them. Yes, yeah. yes. And then, of course, the rematch uh, the day after Christmas in New England against the Patriots. Uh, the Bills have their playoff spot in front of them, in their control, if they can play their game. Uh, so, uh, And there's definitely a lot of other teams in the playoff hunt that don't have uh, schedules that are as favorable as that yep. uh so the bills certainly are, are in a good spot despite all of the the bad play and the and the back-to-back -back losses but yeah if if they can continue and build on the second half in tampa i think they're going to be in a good spot absolutely uh real quick let's just look at next week's schedule dave there uh the thursday night game chiefs and chargers great game should be a great matchup uh, I kind of wish everyone was going to be healthy, especially for the Chargers. It looks like they're going to have quite a few. Uh, Eckler hurt his ankle. Keenan Allen, we don't know if he'll be back from COVID protocol. He should be. Um, you know, there's definitely some issues there. Uh, but that'll be a good Thursday night game. And then Saturday, folks, if you're playing fantasy football and you might be close to your playoffs, there's two Saturday games. So uh, get yep, your, get pay your attention. In. Yep. Raiders Browns at 430. Kind of an eh game. Uh, these are NFL Network only. And then a uh, great game, I think, Patriots Colts at 820. Uh, should be a fun, fun football game. What else do you see Sunday, Dave, that uh, strikes your interest? Well, uh, you know, I think you you have to look at Titans Steelers. Mm -hmm. uh, Titans are in Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh fighting for their playoff lives and potentially uh, the division title in the AFC North. Right. So I think that's worth watching. Uh, I really will be curious, Mike, to see uh, how the Giants play against the Cowboys. Yep. Uh, certainly, we'd be watching that game anyway, but. Are the Giants going to step up and, and play a big game against the Cowboys, which they have done, doesn't matter who's in the uniforms over the years. Uh, so I'm curious to see how that one plays out. I, I know you are as well. Uh, I, I'm going to see – I want to peek in on Packers-Ravens, buddy. I think that uh, the Ravens get a lot of respect. That line, uh, Packers only by four and a half uh, – I don't know, hmm. man. I think the Packers are, are head and shoulders above, you know, where the Ravens are right now, even with a healthy Lamar. Um, 
but Vegas loves the Ravens and, and other people seem to as well so we'll see uh, what that has to do and then uh, Seahawks Rams you know the records uh, aren't close but with Russell Wilson healthy again uh, Seahawks have a chance to play spoiler uh, another four and a half point line um, you know Rams favored by four and a half so those two games could be pretty compelling uh, yep, yeah, no doubt. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Seahawks continue to play. And then uh, one other one, Mike, is uh, Bengals at the Broncos. Probably mm. the loser, potentially loser out. The loser is going to be seven and seven. Uh, this is in Denver uh, in the 405 time slot. Uh, I would imagine that's going to be a pretty competitive game. Uh, both teams kind of middling but really really fighting for for playoff for their playoff lives mike yeah absolutely i think that's a good call by you so folks here we go you know december football getting ready for the holidays we've got um you know important games for playoff implications and teams speeding towards you know the end of their season getting ready uh to make that uh, super bowl run Um, And we'll be here for all of it, watching it, commenting, Um, you know, don't give up on us as far as college football goes or the NBA. Certainly, if there's a compelling Twitter poll or two to put out, we'll do that as well. Um, But uh, we're here for all of it. This is why we love the NFL. And uh, it's a lot more fun when one of our teams are in it. So, Dave, uh, I'm living vicariously through your Buffalo Bills um, and not your Cleveland Browns, but uh, <laughs> we'll nice. go from there. So check us out, folks, on uh, Spotify. We're trying to get this video thing straightened out with Spotify. They're launching a, a new video platform, um, and we did record uh, a video episode last week, and it just doesn't seem to want to post. So we're working on that, uh, but we're still available on iTunes and all the other places Uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all of that stuff. So uh, check us out there. Give us five stars. Uh, Give us your comments, questions, concerns, and regurgitations as we strive for five at Think Tank Sports.